But the one thing about being a WWE superstar is overcoming obstacles. And tonight, we have the Obstacle Course Challenge. I will tell you your prize after I explain the challenge very quickly. You will start hand over hand on the monkey bars. From there, you will climb the suspended ladder and ring the bell. You will then make your way around ringside, over the security barricades, up the stairs through the WWE Universe onto the concourse. You will then have to drink a beverage, a soda, perhaps diet, make your way back down to the ring, juggle for five seconds, come over to this baseball bat and do the dizzy bat challenge before pushing that cart over the finish line. Whomever does all of this in the quickest time will receive perhaps the biggest prize since the inception of NXT. The winner of the Obstacle Course Challenge will receive an immunity pass. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half KNXT. This is your boy, Notorious Nando, joined by always Mr. Larry Knight himself, aka L. Knight Shyamalan. Ooh, the Shyamalan. The, is that what Morrison used to call himself? The, the sexy. Oh, the, he was the, uh, the Sultan of Sexy. sexy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my apologies. Not, yeah. not, nah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a Sultan of Sexy. <laughs> I'm just vicious, violent, very, very sick. <laughs> just very. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again for tuning in and checking us out. This is, of course, another episode of the Episodic NXT Review Podcast. And before we start, I just wanted to kind of give everyone a reminder that we do have a AMA on our Instagram. We run a Instagram story every week, so feel free to send us any of your questions that you have there. And we actually have a question this week that, based on, you know, everything that's been going on in the wrestling landscape, so to speak, with people's contracts either running out or people requesting their, their leave, I thought this one was kind of appropriate. So, question from Kevin. I'm assuming he means the folks in NXT or in the Performance Center, but he says, do you think any of the lower developmental guys will be going to AEW or any of the other promotions? I thought that was kind of an interesting question based on recently everything with Sasha and with Luke Harper and and even the example with Adrian Neville a couple like maybe like a year ago or so now. It is kind of interesting where the morale of the wrestlers in WWE has been very different compared to you know other years. Obviously their working conditions have been the same for the last 20, 30 years. But now, since we do have uh, AEW and the other wrestling promotions, do you think, you know, do you think anyone will make that jump? I think so. I don't think too many people, like, from, say, like, the PC who got recruited by the WWE would. Yeah. Because they probably still got, a, like, a lot to learn. So their stock isn't high or anything like that. So yeah. I, if I was in that position to be have gotten recruited and go to the PC, I'd probably ride it out the PC as long as I could. Mm. And then, you know, it's like getting free training, quote unquote, and yeah, then yeah. just bouncing. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then you'll know at least you, I guess, got certified mm -hmm. and then your skills should translate elsewhere. You know, you won't have that price tag to say like a Brian Cage or somebody like that. Yeah. But I do think, a lot of people who may be underutilized or just not in a position that they like to be would benefit from an AEW jump. Like even not even just to to go somewhere because you're feeling underutilized, but to maybe have an, another shot at just refining yourself mm -hmm. so you can come back. 
maybe like you know kind of like how um mcintyre did like all right he his first run he was actually pretty garbage mm-hmm. like he just wasn't you know he he had kind of the look for that time but he didn't have all of the tools at that time right right but then he left he got jacked he dyed his hair and he got jacked and he worked on everything that he was doing like his his presence just got so much better and right. now he's back and it's almost like he's a totally different guy yeah because yeah. it's like who the heck is that dude and it's like yeah it's drew mcintyre it's like Ugh, that dude yes so i think a lot of people would benefit off the top of my head this is a random button but i think gender mahal mm. would be a, a good look for just another company right now yeah, yeah he had like he's already pretty much gotten to his pinnacle like of probably where he's gonna get with WWE, and his pinnacle is pretty goddamn high because he became WWE champion. So, like, I mean, granted, it may have been coincidental that they were trying to branch out to to India at that time, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he still got to his highest point probably in WWE that he's gonna get anytime soon. So, I think a jump for him would not be a bad idea if he wanted to kind of like reestablish himself. But who knows? Like, maybe since he's already gotten to the WWE championship, he likes where he is, he's comfortable, and he just enjoys doing what he's doing yeah no i i totally agree i think from kind of the lower level i agree with you in saying that they yeah if you recently got signed and if your indie cred isn't as high as other as other wrestlers then yeah take advantage of the pc and and soak in that knowledge that you can to kind of build up your 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 uh your worth i I would say you know exactly you know what i'm saying and then like if you've been there for a while and you just really feel like you just haven't been catching a break like why not yeah you know test the water somewhere else especially if you knew you were dope bobby Roode just shaved his beard yeah maybe he might want to you know ride this out and if this new robert Roode doesn't work a jump might be in his future like yeah i mean i i think what nakamura's happy living in florida so he's Mm. not going nowhere I think Apollo Crews would be dope if he doesn't really get a get a chance this year, depending on how his contract's working. Cause like, I mean, you can only just kind of like sit and waste a whole bunch of your years of your career. Yeah. So I think that would be good for him. Anybody who probably still wants to work, but not as much. I think AEW will be a good look for them, depending on how much they're paying too. Yeah. Cause if you could get paid somewhere around the ballpark of what you'd make in the WWE and work like not as many days that's like always the dream i think mm-hmm. for a lot of these dudes they want that wcw like treatment all over again but nobody's getting that oh yeah yeah no i i agree i think with the lower level guys the people i can think of are maybe like a tino sabatelli or a Ritterick moss Ro- roderick Ritterick? or is it riddick 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 moss yeah it's hard uh, sabatelli's hurt or something like that. yeah hmm. but but even then i would think like maybe he has that that option you know Mm because at that point like he still has somewhat of a credible name but he's kind of like in that balance where like he can either stay with the company if they decide to keep him Mm -hmm. or he can explore his options and i'm pretty sure if he does ask for his release or let his contract run out then it would be a really easy jump for him compared to like sasha banks situation where at that point like she might have to write it out for x amount of time and then at that point by by the time she gets out, then her stock won't be as valuable oh, yeah. as she's, it is. She's sitting. And you know what? She needs the WWE way more than they need her mm-hmm. right now. I mean, no knock on not Sasha Banks or nothing like that. But I just think of like what they have just kind of in their backlog of talent. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just hella chicks waiting for somebody like Sasha Banks to be added away. Yeah, yeah. So they can get their chance to shine. For Sasha to sit back right here you're probably going to be doing everybody else a favor except yourself so it's like what do you do but it's like she's not happy yeah you know but you know she could go to neville way and just like sit out for like 10 months and get ripped yeah yeah, and just come back looking like totally different person yeah because that dude is yo (laughs) more ripped than he already was yeah yeah, i don't understand how this dude gets Keep getting buffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not tall. Yeah, yeah. Neville is a freak of nature, especially when he did finally make the announcement that he was going to AEW. I was like, geez, like this guy is what still. Name now? Oh, he oh, went back to Pac. Pac. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pac. <laughs> that food, I don't even know what that means. I love it. I'm like, that's Pac, man. He got that like Neville attitude with. 
Pac. <laughs> I love Pac. <laughs> Shout out to Pac. <laughs> Him and Tupac. And all Pacs. And X Pac. <laughs> and Six Pac. <laughs> all the Pacs. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> Straight up, man. Shout out to anybody who decided to call himself Pac. Right? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Awesome. All righty. So let's get this show on the road. So this is NXT number 11 on the WWE Network. We are coming from North Charleston Coliseum in North Charleston, South Carolina on May 4th, 2010. I don't have too many facts or uh, fun facts for this one. I will say that based on the announcement from last week with Otunga Challenging Truth, this will be the first time a rookie competes against their own pro. So yeah. that is a, a first for for NXT at this point. And our yeah. uh, truth is from North Carolina. So. Oh, that could explain why the crowd was he had a nice reception. Yeah, it was almost like a homecoming, but it's like not really. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when uh, Bailey goes to L.A. It's like it's mm. not really a homecoming for you, but it's good enough. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I. I did have in my notes that Truth was got like a really good reception, mm-hmm. but now that makes more sense now. <laughs> yeah, he's he's almost a hometown guy. Yeah, it's kind of like when whenever like WWE goes to England. I mean, not nowadays. Nowadays they go to more specific parts of England, mm-hmm. but back in the day when they would rarely go out to England, and there would be like an English guy on the roster, they would even they could that would be the equivalent of us going that we're Californians, but we're getting like billed as oh uh americans but our sh- the show is in like in florida or something yeah that, w- that was the equivalent yeah. back then of like europeans going to europe all they had to do was just like set foot in that country and since they didn't get them that much yeah, it was yeah. like oh my god you're our god yeah even though you could be a hundred miles away from yeah, totally different <laughs> totally different like country almost yeah yeah like, right, but, hey man you're our guy <laughs> but yeah now with everything with nxt uk and then in general them touring out in different parts of the country more often it it gives it more of like that legit where if this guy's from montreal or whatever when they go to canada mm. they actually have a lot of wrestlers specifically to that that part very of the country. true yeah. very true i mean it, it still doesn't matter though like you go to any part of canada if you're canadian you just get mm-hmm. that you get that pop so yeah it's like, all right very true cool so we start off the show there is uh no recap this week we kick off with Stryker announcing the next challenge. This week is the obstacle course challenge. And what this one is, is technically they kind of are like running around throughout the whole arena where the first part is a monkey bars kind of like set up on the stage mm-hmm. along with a ladder that kind of goes all the way close to the top of the kind of the, the screen. And they have to climb the ladder to ring a bell Mm -hmm. after that then they go up into the into the crowd and run up the stairs all the way to the top at the concourse area then they have a couple of beverages set up at a a a concession stand there and then the rookies have to drink like the entire uh what's it called the souvenir cups yeah it's probably like what is that like 32 ounces yeah you know what i could have swore i had one of those cups too like that exact oh really i Nope, I didn't. I had um, I had a Seven Eleven one that had oh, the Undertaker okay. on it, but it looked just like it. they used <laughs> the same image. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They totally recycled mm-hmm. like those same images throughout the years. It would be like Undertaker from Attitude Era, still or something. Right, straight up. <laughs> and then once they do the uh, drinking the beverage part, then they have to come back down the ring. In the ring, they have two jungle, uh, two balls that they have to juggle for a total of five seconds, which is really random and then on the outside they had a baseball bat and striker specifically says that they just have to do the dizzy bat challenge there but he doesn't specify that they have to rotate x amount of times Mm -hmm. so i guess you can just make just spin once if you want to he didn't specify how many times Mm, that's valid yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then at the end there is a cart that they have to push up to the finish line and the rookie who gets the quickest time wins Mm mm-hmm when they were just standing there, I made a quick shout out that I liked Tarver's new NWO inspired 
NXT shirt. Blood, man. <laughs> Did I put? I could have swore I put that somewhere. Oh yeah, Tarver's shirt game is immaculate because <laughs> he's come out with the Run DMC inspired shirt and now this NWO one. And I think he had the 1.9 one too. Mm-hmm. So as far as like all of them, I would say Tarver has done the best job to to actually stand out where he's like just working on his own custom merch to mm-hmm. kind of stand out from the rest. Compared to, comparing that to Gabriel, who Gabriel still just wearing like Matt Hardy's shirt. Yeah, and, man, Michael Tarver's my guy. This episode was one that made mm-hmm. me just do a whole pivot on him. I was like, "You're my guy." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from there, uh, from there, Striker mentions that Otunga had won last week's challenge, so his prize was yeah, like how we mentioned that he gets to pick the pro uh, uh, yeah. of his choosing to compete, and he picked our truth his own pro to go after. So yeah, that match will be happening later tonight. The The winner of this challenge is actually the biggest one that they've had so far and something that we talked about on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. So the the winner of this challenge actually gets immunity going into the pros poll yeah. for next week. So yeah, that's definitely probably the most logical and the most important uh, prize so far. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they actually finally did something that was really effective and they can actually deliver on compared yeah. to uh, poor Barrett. Mm, yeah, it was great. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this one's it's not an empty promise. Yeah, <laughs> this would be great. All right, let's do it. Come on, baby. Poor Barrett's still like not still waiting for that music. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man, it just you know it's all right. It just takes them a long time to produce music. Six years later. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy <laughs> cool and so oh also yeah i i had here it's interesting how striker kind of words the immunity rules where he says if you say if you win this just this challenge and you get the immunity pass if you're in eighth place and have the immunity card then the person before you gets eliminated so i was i was like okay something's up because it would make more logical sense for him to say then seventh place is eliminated uh, at that point so mm-hmm. i was like hmm it's kind of interesting that he worded the rules of how to use the immunity pass at that yeah. point and it does somewhat come into play later on but yeah i'll i'll save that for the next episode mm-hmm. so at that point then they do start similar to the other challenges where they kind of break it up throughout the whole episode mm-hmm. and at that point since Daniel Bryan, he mentions that Daniel Bryan had just competed against Batista last night on Raw. <laughs> and Bryan looks like he has his ribs taped up from that match. And mm-hmm. they go into more details about it in uh, later on in the episode. But because of that, he says that da- Daniel Bryan will go first. And not too much. So he does the monkey bars at first. And I thought he did a, a good job of selling the rib injury when he came down from the, the monkey bars part and just uh, kind of sold holding his ribs as he came down from that. So good job by him just continuing like the the selling of the ribs. Mm-hmm. Brian does kind of take his time because, you know, he is selling the ribs. And when he gets to the drinking the beverage part, I like how they kind of just keep calling it beverage. They they never mention if it's uh, beer or soda or anything like that. They, they just refer to to beverage. So this part made me really laugh because, and I'm going to also call a K-breaker moment here where I don't know if you caught this, but Josh mentions that perhaps Brian is drinking the soda slowly because of the rib injury. And then Cole quickly replies, speaking of ribs, are you sure this is not a rib on all of us right now? And I was like, hmm. <laughs> like, and you can kind of tell that Josh was thrown by thrown off by that line because he he brought up like ribbing in general so i was like ooh, he's he's just kind of using the terminologies hey man mike yeah I, I feel like i just started to realize that michael cole throws around a lot of like verbiage that mm-hmm. probably the public shouldn't or like if you're gonna keep it traditional that the public should know yeah yeah but he just kind of like throws them out there he's like wait a minute <laughs> hold on most people don't know the key like terminology so just throwing them out there i think it's just like to either to entertain himself or someone like (laughs) threw him that line to just say at that point yeah just say ribs (laughs) i don't know man michael cole and 
Josh Matthews are actually a really great oh yeah tandem and commentary. Yeah, I I gave it high marks on this episode, and I'll go into more details throughout the show. But yeah, at that point, then Brian does the rest of the obstacles and finishes in two minutes and forty five point five seconds. So he has established the time to beat at this point, which the commentators kind of mentioned that it, it was a pretty slow time. So it'll be interesting to see the other mm-hmm. the other rookies try to to beat it at that point. He set the bar. He set the bar. <laughs> with the beverage come on, at Daniel, the two-minute mark. And uh, gingerly making his way down the steps. Again, the uh, next task for Mr. Bryan will be juggling. Oh, have you ever juggled before? No, not at all. Can't say I can do it. What's interesting, though, is... Five, four, this is three, actually two, one, come on! That's actually tossing. You need three balls to juggle. <laughs> Look at Brian. Uh, no shock, he'd be good at that. Pat races. <laughs> as he uh, now has to push his crate of bump across the finish line. It's got to be killing the ribs of Daniel Bryan. 245.5. Two minutes and 45.5 seconds. Daniel Bryan has set the time to beat. So after that, then the Miz comes out right after he finishes his his challenge the miz is extremely disappointed with him based on his time and kind of makes fun of him and saying that he could do even more things in that same amount of time and still beat brian <laughs> then he says that he shouldn't be using his match with batista as an excuse to to not perform well that he should be performing at the highest caliber <laughs> and he says that now he's going to really throw him into the the wolves so to speak and have a winless versus winless match against Tarver. And he said, pretty much, if you don't win this match, I'm going to make it my goal to make sure that you don't advance and pretty much get eliminated next mm. week. So it was kind of a cool stipulation to add right before his matchup because I'm pretty sure kayfabe-wise, like, he wasn't expecting The Miz to kind of throw that on his uh, on his shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, wait, what? I'm hurt right now. I'm not ready for such adversity. Yeah, I yeah. must stand up. <laughs> So right before they start, we go into commercial break, and right before the the, the match starts, they do a video recap of uh, Daniel Bryan versus Batista, and Cole kind of says it. It's pretty funny how the Miz just told Daniel Bryan that he can't use his injury as an excuse when the Miz actually did the same thing the night before on Raw, where he brought a doctor's note saying that he can't because originally it was supposed to be the Miz versus mm-hmm. Batista, and then he says he he couldn't compete because of his injury. And then sub himself out again with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> and they kind of replay the matchup and show the highlights. And Batista wins. Actually, I think this is still heel Batista. So he delivered three Batista bombs on Daniel Bryan. And that's why he's been selling the, the rib injury. Man, that fool gave him one Batista bomb and then a power bomb. Yeah. And then. Uh, Batista. Oh, okay. Goddamn commentators <laughs> want to call every power bomb a Batista bomb just because he did it. No, <laughs> Batista bomb is a sit out power bomb, but then he like covers you like a regular pin. So if you're gonna do that, why did you sit down? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's because Batista's American. Americans do redundant things. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. They always, whenever like a a wrestler kind of hits a a move. I think the move that I remember that they would always like call incorrectly was uh, Jeff Hardy's Swanton Bomb. They would do it for any type of like splash attack that he would do. <laughs> like he would do just like a regular Senton, but they would still call it like a, a Swanton. And I think it took him years to finally, or or at least when it was commentators who actually cared, like Josh Grisham and uh, Matt Stryker, mm. that would actually call it by the proper name when he would hit it, but. It took like Jr. and Cold the longest time to actually get it, get it right, you know. <laughs> I love that man. That was like the 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 best thing about WCW back in the day was having Mike Tanay tell you what mm. everything was, and you were like, "What?" Yeah, by by its actual like straight up, it's <laughs> like what I ain't never heard gargoyle suplex. <laughs> ain't nobody ever say like they didn't even say that in ECW. It was just like head and arm task flex. Oh uh, yeah, like, ah, man. 
Mike Tanay had everybody gamed up. Yeah, son. yeah. They had to step up just because he stepped up Hell at that point. Yeah. And then they would talk about Sting in NWO. <laughs> I I did like how Josh and Cole did do a really good job of getting the importance of tonight's challenge over, especially for Brian and Tarver, since at that point both men probably needed immunity. Even though that Brian is in first place, he still is in fear of getting eliminated just because of his record at this he's point. He's in a doghouse. Yeah. But he's but he's not a pit bull. Oh, yeah. yeah. Neither is Tarver because yeah. he's a, <laughs> a pit bull off the leash or a bulldog <laughs> off the chain. Who knows? He, he can't figure it out. So. He's a pit bulldog <laughs> off the leash. And and yeah, he, he was off the leash starting off this match because he started attacking <laughs> Brian's ribs which is smart because, you know, it's a clear target at that point. Mm-hmm. It was like DDP back in the day. Oh, yeah. But DDP had it for like months. <laughs> that like, one... <laughs> he, he had it so long that they included it into the video games, right? <laughs> it was just like D-Lo when it was like, oh, man, he tore his pecs. It's like, why are you wearing the vest for three years? Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're healed, bro. It was, nah, man, I'm still hurt. Yeah, he had he he also had it into the video games. I, I think he had it for Attitude and... um. And WrestleMania 2000, where he still had the chest protector in there, I think. Your attitude for sure. I'm not sure about WrestleMania. 2000. No, WrestleMania 2000 for sure. Oh, okay. And then attitude for sure too. I think if you're sure about attitude, I'm sure about okay. WrestleMania 2000 for for damn sure. <laughs> they had chest protector D'Lo and singlet D'Lo. Yeah. Tarver was uh, attacking the ribs right off the bat, but then Brian does like a really nice jumping knee attack, which looked really good. But Tarver still continued to attack the ribs after that to take advantage. Cole brings up that Michael Tarver's previous struggles that he brought up in the other episodes about providing for his kids and everything, and that he's done everything he can to to win this competition. But then Josh quickly calls him out on like his BS because he said, like, wait, 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 did you just say that Tarver's done everything to win when he's pretty much like quit every challenge so far? And then Cole at least acknowledges it and says, like, yeah, you're right. That was actually pretty stupid that <laughs> <laughs> I just said that. So at least, like, he called him out and he actually acknowledged that, like, he, he was pretty much saying BS at that point. But from there, Tarver hits, like, a really nice T-bone suplex. He, I think that's his trademark move now. And, and you know, he does it really well, so it, it does make him stand out. Then we go to commercial break, and at that point, Brian does take advantage and starts doing the yes kicks on a down Tarver. Mm -hmm. And those kicks were really, really strong. I think before I had mentioned that he kicked Kali pretty hard on Mm -hmm. on, on that episode, but he really laid into Tarver at that point. Definitely. Yeah, I saw that too. Then Tarver does that modified kind of powerbomb counter, which what would you call that? Like, since it's not technically a powerbomb when... They oh, it's like, like uh, when, um, when somebody's doing a submission yeah, and yeah. you just kind of pick them. It's, it looked good, but I just... Yeah, well, I, what would you, I guess I would probably, um, if I was going to Mike Tanay the shit, I would say <laughs> a, like a single arm powerbomb. Oh, yeah. Because like the, the, the idea is that you're so strong that you're picking them up with one arm. Mm. And I would say single arm powerbomb. Okay, that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah let's Mike Tanay that shit. <laughs> we'll call it a single arm powerbomb. Yes. <laughs> so he does the single arm powerbomb as a counter. And then Tarver just picks him up right after and delivers the mini tour of the islands. That's my guy, man. And yeah, holy crap, he he wins. He picks up his first victory <laughs> over Brian. And so I I had written down that they still haven't acknowledged it because I think this is only the, the second or third time that Tarver has hit this finisher. But I looked it up and Tarver's calling it the Tarver's Lightning, which is a reverse throw scoop power slam. So it is mm-hmm. still kind of a mini version still. Of, I would call it like a tour of the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> just, well, wherever he's from, we're yeah. just a tour of that city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Cobb's giving you the whole like vacation treatment yeah, at that man, point. You, go, you get a, a good like flight and everything, <laughs> but and you hit the mat like a good, you know, like he was tired after walking and hiking all day yeah yeah, yeah. Bam! <laughs> and, you know tarver just took you on a bus 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and dropped you off. Like, you know, you still kind of tired, but yeah, you know, he had the single arm power bomb you first to set it up. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> if, he, if he keeps doing this on future episodes, I'm definitely going to call it that from, yep. from now on. Yeah. Tour to see. <laughs> tour to see. <laughs> so he hits the tour of the city at seven minutes for the win. And now Tarver is seven, or I should say one in seven. And Brian now hits the double digits and is 0 and 10. God. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good for Brian heading into the first elimination. Right after the match, The of course, the Miz is super disappointed and gets into the ring. At that point, Miz just kind of calls over Carlito and Tarver. Tar- Tarver and Carlito are still celebrating, but do kind of walk up to Brian and they pick him up. And then Carlito out of nowhere hits the backstabber. And then Tarver and Carlito just celebrate and leave the leave the ring so yeah there's definitely no love from the miz going into the uh pros poll next week it's not looking good for brian mm. so yeah <laughs> from there we get a video recap of the seal to deal challenge from uh darren young they specifically are kind of highlighting what we had mentioned last week of him kind of calling out cm punk that if he had won the challenge he would pick cm punk mm-hmm. to, to to fight and yeah, so I'm I'm glad I'm glad it wasn't just like a throwaway line last week because last week I was like, why would he challenge him if you know they've been kind of getting along these mm-hmm. last few weeks? So I'm glad that they actually kept that storyline going. Up, yeah, yeah, so really applaud applaud there from the writers and the uh, the booking team at that point. Definitely. I I don't know if you caught this, but it was a really quick shot where once they go to the backstage promo, they kind of just show Darren Young and the the back of the TV. So it's really quick where really good like camera camera work where it makes it seem like it's just young. And then as soon as the camera kind of pans around the TV, then you see the whole rest of the straight edge society. Mm. They're just standing there like all pissed off at him. But I thought it was really like a really quick, cool shot that they did where you didn't expect them. And then boom, out of nowhere. Like, I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> all in your face. Punk. Yeah. He's pretty mad at him. And he kind of confronts him of like, oh, so. What what are you tired of? Like, are you tired of being under the learning tree of the straight up straight the straight edge society? And Young just kind of mentions like, yeah, he just wants to prove himself and make an impact. But then Punk quickly says like, well, you're not going to make an impact on my account. So mm-hmm. he kind of confronts him, and then he says he he better figure out what he wants to do because if he doesn't win this obstacle course tonight, then he'll make the decision for him. So I I thought that was a really good promo from from both guys. It was believable that they were both like intense and they were they were angry at each other in a way. Mm-hmm. So it was a really good kind of bu- like character building for for both guys and continuing their story. So I, I liked it. Universe, help me out a little bit. Do you want to see CM Punk versus Darren Young? Let's go. CM Punk, Darren Young. I'm ready. I'm tired of this. You're sick of this? Tell me exactly what you're sick of, huh? Are you sick of sitting under the learning tree of CM Punk? Is that what you're sick of? Is this how you repay me? Running your mouth? You want to fight me? Listen, Punk. I'm just trying to make an impact. I'm trying to make a statement. You will not make a statement using me. All right, you need to figure out who you want to be, what you are. You can start by winning the obstacle course challenge. Because if you don't, I'm going to make that decision for you. I think uh, you can see that Young benefited from being with CM Punk because it's almost mm-hmm. like it forced him to be a better speaker. Yeah, it definitely did. Like, I think how you, yeah, what you just said, comparing it to when he first started off, like he was still okay, but the growth. Not only in like his in-ring work, but yeah, his mic skills. Have, you have could, yeah, yeah, you could hell see it, man. Many episodes, not many, like there's hella, but yeah, like many a couple episodes ago where he had his like first solo video package or whatever, mm-hmm. and like the way he was just kind of speaking, kind of like kind of monotone, but like hella confident. Yeah, that influence kind of came from CM Punk because yeah. it was just like his delivery was very, it wasn't CM Punk esque, but it was like very polished and like the same vein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Yeah. I think that's the cool thing about still this show's concept is even though that they're half king like the whole show, you can tell that they are actually learning a lot from being paired up with these guys 
Yeah. And, and I mean, on like on an on-screen relationship and they're probably actually really are working together backstage. You know? Yeah. You know, like who knows? Like they might have them travel with them. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be like what? Probably whoever the pro is working a program with on the main roster. Yeah. And then that pro's rookie so he can drive them around. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. And yeah, and they do go with them to Raw and SmackDowns too. So yeah, you're you're probably they right. might they might have done that. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's Always probably what happened. Driving OGs around. <laughs> so the next challenger for the obstacle course challenge is Heath Slater. He uh, he's going really quick throughout this whole thing, and I like how Cole is listing out his accomplishments so far throughout the season while he's doing the uh, the challenge. He kind of mentions that he's also already won a challenge with the the keg challenge from earlier in the season. He's uh yeah, he's going really quick but slows down a little bit during the soda part. That it was kind of funny cuz there's this one kid while he's drinking the soda that's just like shouting his name multiple times. It's like he's trying to drink it. He just like really stood out like from uh the rest of the crowd. And yeah, like he pretty much just demolishes uh brian's record here and finishes at one minute and 36.9 seconds so now slater's time is the time to beat right after that then young takes uh takes his shot right right afterwards and you know he he's kind of slow at the beginning tries to go pretty quickly but still is slowing down josh does a quick comment of like what exactly is the 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 beverages kind of implying like you know it might be beer but at this point, WWE is currently transitioning into the PG era, so that's why they haven't been able to say like beer with the the with the keg contest and mm-hmm. and this challenge as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I know uh, Brian said that it was it was soda. Yeah, yeah. He was drinking it, and they were just like, "Oh, I haven't drinking soda in a long oh. time." <laughs> yeah, that's right. I I forgot about that part. Then, as uh, as Young is trying to get back from the concession to to the ring he jumps the barrier but slips and lands like really bad like on the floor i was like oh crap like i don't know if that i doubt that was planned because mm-hmm. of like he, how he stumbled there but thankfully he didn't injure himself but it, it just looked like really bad when he was trying to definitely run. almost bust his ass yeah <laughs> matt uh matt mentions though you know at this point he wasn't going to beat the record by the time he was at the soda part but Striker does a really good job of saying that even though like you're not going to beat the time, you should still try to finish the challenge because you want to impress the pros since mm-hmm. they're uh, they're they're trying to you know get in good favor with them. So I thought that was really good reasoning of them just not you know giving up mm-hmm. even though oh no I didn't beat it I'm yeah it up. yeah. So he finishes at two minutes and seven seconds. So yeah, he didn't beat the previous record, and we go to commercial break, and right after then it's Gabriel's turn. Right at the start, Stryker does remind the crowd that the person who wins gets immunity and says that he he wished that he had one of those immunity passes at his last job. And right after that, Josh and Cole quickly jump on what Stryker just said. <laughs> he's like, wait, wasn't his last job uh, a school teacher? And he's like, <laughs> do they give immunity passes as teachers? So like, like kind of like how you were mentioning, like Cole and Josh are like super like quick to rib each other and just like yeah they're so (laughs) dialed in like they're hella ready like i don't know if they're just super snappy on this show because there's not as much crowd Mm -hmm. like stuff to worry about or like they or they just have more freedom to kind of go off the cuff but man they're on when like you just kind of like sit and listen (laughs) or like you have it in the background you just kind of like hear what they're saying you're like what are you fools talking about (laughs) okay justin gabriel for an immunity pass, I would have loved to have had one of these when I was working. Ready, set, go! Wasn't Matt Stryker a teacher? Yeah, I think. They give immunity passes to teachers? <laughs> Justin Gabriel, again, time to beat, ladies and gentlemen. 136.9. I feel they did have more freedom where they probably weren't... I'm pretty sure Vince isn't, like, calling this show. Yeah. Just because of how loose it did feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything that like Josh and Cole said, it was too quick for for Vince to like <laughs> throw out these lines. So I feel it was everything yeah. like on the fly and playing around with each other. And Definitely. Just, so I think that's what gives it that organic fun yeah. factor. Yeah, yeah. It's very organic. You can just kind of hear it and then like you hear him laughing. Like, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's really good. From there, Gabriel, yeah, pretty much does everything pretty quick and actually finishes his drink quicker than uh, everyone else. He finishes at 129 and sets a new record. So, yeah, when when you saw it, you can definitely see, like, he really just picked up the speed and, and did everything. And he did, like, I think he did even, like, the juggling part with one hand, which was, like, really impressive. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. So right after that, then, Otunga's next, and they also kind of bring up his accomplishments with th- with everything he's done throughout the season. Otunga has four wins and three losses so far. They've mentioned that he's won the Battle Royale before to become the guest host of Raw, and even facing John Cena on, like, a different Raw to, to you know, list out his accomplishments. It's kind of funny when he's doing the soda part, too, he kind of yells out, oh, this is not diet <laughs> when, when he's drinking it out. So just adding more to his character, which is pretty funny. So he finishes at 135 and it was kind of a setup. And I felt like they did him kind of dirty because right afterwards, as soon as he finished, then Stryker just walks up to him and says, well, you know, since you won last week's challenge, you get to face the pro of your choosing and you're going to face our truth right now. So I was like, Wow. Mm -hmm. They couldn't have put him like early on to do the challenge. They literally (laughs) made him do the challenge and then have a match. Yeah. So take that playboy. (laughs) So, but in a way I'm hoping that they just kind of use this as character building for him to kind of make that excuse later on. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I I see what you did there. So I I really liked it. No, definitely. So at this point, right before the entrances as truth is going into the ring, they show a, over the limit graphic ad and this is where i'm gonna have to dock some points from the production team i don't know if you caught this <laughs> so as soon as they play that graphic for the next pay-per-view then all of a sudden the commentary team just shuts down and dies we're like there's literally nothing you don't hear cole or josh talk for like a good two to three minutes after that and at that point then the cameraman is all out of focus and like is shaking the camera <laughs> And they keep the camera on Otunga for like a good a good minute or so. And yeah, I'm pretty sure what had happened is they were trying to get all the the props and everything from the monkey bars set up on the stage. <laughs> but I they something must have happened. They mistimed it or forgot to break down everything. <laughs> What does he even say? I don't. People, I hear people in the bed. Was <laughs> you would think after hearing that song for so long because he brought it with him from TNA. <laughs> you, did you know that? No. <laughs> he he brought it in from TNA. So I think our truth is literally the only person from my memory that I know has brought the actual song from one company to another. So I'll yeah I'll. Oh, because that's his yeah, song. Yeah. But they don't a, need to buy any rights or yeah, anything yeah. because his. Oh. Yeah, but it's crazy. After all these years, I still don't know. Yeah, it's been more than a decade now, and I still don't really know. <laughs> I feel like it sounds a little bit better now. Like they kind of undertakered it, where they threw a little couple more stuff in it. Yeah, but it's still the same song. It's still the same lyrics. Like if he doesn't sing it, you're just gonna hear these weird little ad libs in the background. Like, yeah truth <laughs> so right after uh truth finishes his entrance and and his song then the commentator you know the commentary team does finally come back from that awkward silence <laughs> and yeah i had here that the crowd is super behind truth but now now i know why <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah the crowd is super hot with truth throughout this whole match otunga does take the early advantage by slamming truth into the the corner post it looked really, really, really strong at that at that point. They go to a commercial break and yeah, the production team is still kind of out of it because once they come back, then it's still kind of quiet and it takes Josh and Cole 
a good couple of seconds to establish that they've been back from commercial break. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I feel like probably someone got fired backstage <laughs> at that point. Like they've been they they were messing up pretty badly during like these last two segments. Hey man, better NXT than like Raw. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they didn't get fired then. Yeah, it was <laughs> just like the boss, it was just it was just it was just NXT. No. Yeah, and he like presses a button, it drops him into like a um what is that? A pool full of <laughs> piranhas. Oh. With sharks with lasers. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. There's a what was that Doctor Evil? Yeah. <laughs> so, this is, man, yeah. <laughs> well, what is what is uh best of luck in your future endeavors? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was gonna say Shark Boys, but he never wrestled there. So. <laughs> I'm perfect. <laughs> so from there, Truth does get the upper hand and kind of hits his trademark three or four moves of doom where, <laughs> where he does uh, a reversal in the corner and does kind of that uh, backhand spring and then uh this, this, oh yeah backhand spring and then it's the splits yeah. and then it's uh calf kick yeah <laughs> so so it's it's his version of the 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 three or four moves mm-hmm. of doom at that point so it was kind of weird that i thought the kick would finish him off but then from there he does he he does that spinning forearm that's the uh what does he call that like the the lie detector or oh, the truth detector or something like one that. of those right but like that's usually a, that's not a finisher yeah but that's like what but yeah he, he got the finish there and beat him at six minutes even and it threw me off because i was like wait that's a finisher so i wasn't ready <laughs> yeah. i was expecting like you know he was gonna get up and then if you want to do that he was supposed to get up you kick him in the gut and then you give him the scissor kick mm-hmm Maybe that's the lie detector or truth. Wait, isn't the lie detector kind of the... Is this his STO? Yeah, I think it is. I, uh, I could be wrong, but I, I... Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll look this up later. <laughs> yeah, I know Truth got names for his moves. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He just don't hit a button. He, our Truth got hella finishers, mm-hmm. too, so... Yeah. He got names for all of them. <laughs> but yeah, he, he got him with that at six minutes, which, yeah, threw me off. Afterwards, it was pretty funny because he's just like celebrating by himself in the ring where he's just doing the splits and just like rubbing it in uh, Otunga's face that, you know. Being- <laughs> you can't see this. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You can't see me. He smoothed John Cena. Yeah. Like- <laughs> he got him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did it for zero. Yeah. <laughs> From there, then Barrett is up next with the obstacle course. This one was really quick because Barrett pretty much was struggling with the the monkey part, the the monkey bars part of it. And after 15 seconds, he kind of just gives up and just walks away. Quitter. Quitter. So he officially gets disqualified. It's interesting because Josh mentions here, if you want to quit, you might as well just pack your leaves and, you know, not compete with with everybody and you you know, it doesn't feel like you actually want to be a part of this competition. Mm. So I kind of have that in my I'll remember that for later notes because <laughs> it it's kind of interesting how they really make commentary a str- a strong key point of this episode mm. going into the next one so yeah I had that in mind after that then we have Skip and Skip's pace throughout the whole thing is actually pretty good where it, it looks like he's going to beat uh Gabriel's record same thing when he gets to the beverage part it's pretty funny cuz at that point the crowd is uh is more invested whereas he's drinking it like the crowd in the stands are just going like chug chug, <laughs> chug, chug. he gets to the uh, the last part where he has to push the cart up and it's really close and he crosses the finish line at 131.2 and striker messes up here and then he says oh congrats skip and but <laughs> but then i feel bad because skip was you know happy and he celebrated too but then Everyone was thrown off, but Cole and Josh like quickly jumped on Striker at that point, saying like, "Why did you congratulate him when he lost? Like he lost by two seconds." So Striker just thought he got it, or they they fed him the wrong line that to to say congrats at that Man, point. Man, I think he thought he got it. Striker just wasn't paying attention. Yeah, yeah. He was like thinking about dinner. He <laughs> got him right off guard. Poor Skip got all happy. He got so happy. He was so happy. That's what made you know what maybe. He really thought that he was supposed he was he had a chance at winning that. Yeah. Maybe but, they really just gave them the opportunity to really go out there and like for certain people, it was like, all right, Wade, you're gonna quit. 
Yeah. Um, you're gonna not do it. You're gonna not do it. Yeah. But for some of them, maybe they actually let them do it. Yeah. Go go for it. Cause I mean, he did react like, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. What did he do? <laughs> 122, 129, time to beat. Sheffield's got to get that crate up over the line. He's got three seconds, two seconds. Can he get it over? He's not going to do it. Gabriel's time stands up. Congratulations, Skip Sheffield. Why is he congratulating him? I lost. He missed it by two seconds. What clock's Matt looking at? Justin Gabriel still with the time to beat. So let's clear this up, ladies and gentlemen. Justin Gabriel still has the time to beat at 1 minute 29 seconds. Skip Sheffield missed it by two seconds. And last but not least is Michael Tarver. So this one was kind of interesting. So he actually, for the, for the first part, participates in this challenge, which was kind of confusing because of the character that he's been building so far of like not really wanting. I don't to... need to do this. Yeah, yeah. So... The only reasoning I could say is just maybe he thought the immunity one was worth it at that point. But even then, once he gets to the the beverage part, he also just quits there. So he snapped back to reality. He's yeah, like, yeah. you know what? This isn't me. Yeah. It still isn't me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michael Tarver. I'm off the leash. Yeah. I'm a dog. Dog. <laughs> at this point. Just I'm dog. just a dog off leash, man. <laughs> So, I like Michael Tarver. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll get to it in the next segment that we have here. So Gabriel wins because Tarver was the last one to go. So no one beat his time. So Gabriel actually wins immunity here, which, you know, caught me off guard because I thought he would be OK. I thought they were they were going to give it to someone who was like lower, mm -hmm. lower on the card. But, you know, still still good for Gabriel at that point. It was interesting because Gabriel afterwards they're the all the rookies are now ringside waiting to hear the results. Striker goes up to Gabriel and Gabriel kind of cuts cuts a promo on Otunga kind of out of nowhere. Like <laughs> I I didn't know that these guys were like beefing. He was just saying that he's kind of tired of Otunga and really getting on his nerves. And then he's he tells Otunga that his ego outweighs his talent. And I was like, wow. So this is, in my opinion, his best like promo yet, just because he he looked like he was genuinely pissed off. But I think he was pissed off. Yeah, but I don't know why. <laughs> like, I don't. I don't know, man. He's kind of irritated. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it it threw me off. But I mean, I still liked it because he finally delivered like a good intense promo. But yeah, it kind of threw me off that he was just like pissed off at Otunga for no reason. So at that point, then Tarver makes his way down to the ring after finish up finishing up the challenge. And Stryker asks him the question, who do you feel should be eliminated next week? And then Tarver just says himself. And mm -hmm. Stryker is really confused that he just said that. And he's like, wait, what? And then Tarver says that he should be eliminated is because out of the safety and concern for the rest of the rookies, saying that they're walking dead if uh, if he's, you know, if he sticks around, that they're all pretty much dead at that point. So, okay, promo. I would say... He cuts a really good promo the following week. But with this reasoning, I think, you know, he just didn't really have anything really good to say here. It's a little, a little too violent for me. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, Wait like, a minute. <laughs> so you're telling me you should be eliminated so you don't murder anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, um, I was like, PG guys, PG. <laughs> like, bro, you, I could have swore they say you got five kids. Yeah, yeah. Don't none of them fools watch you on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mr. Tarver. <laughs> Whatever. I see you, Playboy. <laughs> Striker asks Skip the same question, and he quickly says that, yeah, Tarver should be eliminated. At that point, both guys start yelling at each other, and Tarver is still not doing himself any favor. Mm -hmm. He yells at Skip, saying, like, wait, who have you beat? Who have you beat? And then Skip quickly says, well, more than you, because, like, literally, <laughs> Tarver just picked up like, his Like, bro, you just got your first Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, he's... Definitely not doing themselves mm -hmm. any favors. Come on, man. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> what it do? Slater also says that Tarver should be eliminated. Then Otunga and Gabriel kind of start bickering at each other. And then Striker asks, like, okay, Otunga, like, why, why, uh, why and who do you feel should be eliminated? And he starts saying, like, you know, Justin Gabriel. Yeah. And I was like, I was like bro, you whoa. can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm at that point, I'm pretty sure, yeah, when we were just saying like it was loose, 
I was saying like, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one fed him that line. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I got that in my notes too, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Time out, Mr. Rotunga. Yeah, so I was like, mm, man. Yeah, they definitely did not bring that up again ever. So he probably got in trouble. He's like, come on. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barrett <laughs> uh Barrett then also says that Tarver should be eliminated, and he pretty much requested his release by saying that uh he should eliminate himself when when Tarver, you know, at, was asked that question earlier. Mm-hmm. Then Brian then Striker asks Brian the same question, and Brian looks really down and disappointed and still kind of selling the ribs. And he says, like, yeah, he's still the only guy who hasn't won a match here. And that if he's being super honest with himself, that he should be eliminated, which, uh, you know, Striker was also surprised by his response. And but at least at that point, uh, I'm glad that Brian was being pretty honest with himself and, and not, you know, trying to play up this guy who's like super egotistic he was pretty much really down to earth with his response. yeah yeah which i i like at least he had a more of a legitimate reason yeah. other than murder yeah <laughs> murder and homophobic like. yeah like murder and homophobia so yeah, yeah. hey man big ups to mr brian yeah yeah i definitely like it keeping it class classy yeah, class. keeping classy aberdeen <laughs> yeah so Stryker then comes to uh, to Young, and Young just says that, yeah, he shouldn't be eliminated because he wants it more than everyone else. And then he starts going down the line and starts pointing at each rookie saying, like, I want it more than you. I want it more than you. I want it more than you. And by the time he gets down to Barrett, Barrett just kind of pie faces him, and then they start, like, wrestling and fighting. Ah, fighting they on pie the face. That's it, what that's called. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was it's kind of funny because, like, as they're wrestling in the ground, then the cameraman just kind of looks back at the other rookies and they're literally just like staring at them. It just made it seem like two kids like Yeah, it was like <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> and yeah, it's the last visual that you saw before like the show closes out. Mm-hmm. So it was just funny that they're like wrestling and everyone else is like, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> We are wow. <laughs> and it just fades out like, <laughs> as these two guys are like pummeling each other. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. All right. So we're going to end the show? <laughs> Dope. And and yeah, that pretty much closes the episode. So I, I can't say anything else about that part. But yeah. So for me, I'll I'll go right into my, my scores. I I gave the commentary team a four because I thought, like how we were saying, they they the, their bantering in this episode was really entertaining, I thought. Mm-hmm. Where like they were just kind of going back and forth and but also doing a really good job of hyping up the importance of the the poll next week and the rules how the elimination elimination style is going to go so yeah i think despite the production problems that i'll mention in a sec i think uh josh and uh cole did a really good job throughout commentary this episode the matches i gave it a three just because it was pretty short but i think they did a, a good job in ring work and same thing still kind of telling the stories of each uh each of their their characters and yeah overall like i didn't have a match of the episode because i kind of had them both equally at the same level because none of them really stood out but both delivered on on storytelling and just in ring quality i think Mm -hmm. so for the first time i'm sadly gonna have to give production a two just because of that weird kind of sloppy mess that they had after Otunga's obstacle course. And I'll give them credit for, you know, trying to do that whole setup throughout the whole night and getting the the obstacle course set up. But that part was just kind of threw me off a little bit. And yeah, just like these other minor mistakes that they had with the commentary and throwing you off a little bit because at that point it, it it's that old saying where like when you watch tv shows or movies it's more to get you out of uh out of the real world and kind of you know focus into like that that world so mm-hmm. to speak and that threw me off or like it it made my disbelief kind of go out the window mm. in a sense. So, so i'll give lifted it, the veil yeah yeah and for me I, I gave entertainment a three just because i thought you know the episode was pretty entertaining overall, 
but yeah, just some little hiccups here and there kind of, you know, maybe give it a lower score this week. But mm. overall, still pretty decent episode. Yeah. Nice. All right. Dope, man. I commentary wise, I also went four. Mm. I initially went three. Yeah. Then I changed it. No yeah. lie. It was, uh, you know, now I, in retrospect, it deserved much more credit than I gave it initially. Mm-hmm. So I bumped that bad boy up to four. Mm-hmm. Matches. I gave my score the same as the number of matches. Mm, so okay. I went two. Okay. That's because I feel like at the very least, if you give me three matches, I'll probably give you a three mm-hmm. just because that's what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. And then if they're good matches, I'll go for it. But if you don't even give me like my three matches, mm. I can't I can't give you like the average. Yeah. So I'm already getting cheated out of one. And then I I already don't like the uh I don't mind the challenges. They're okay, but I don't like how long they take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like some challenges are cool because they're a little faster, but it's like this one, I it just kind of drug on. I mm. didn't it didn't really cut into the match time. Like if you would have did something that was like maybe half the time you could just fit in another match, but whatever. Yeah. So production is also pretty low. Um, that was a two, mm-hmm. you know, for the same reasons that you gave it. Yeah. Yeah. And then entertainment, I went three. Oh, okay. Because um, you know, it was only two matches, but the com- I feel like the commentary helped make the the watch easy. Mm-hmm. So like I couldn't really go below on the entertainment as I, it was still an easy watch. Mm-hmm. So there's my scores for that episode. Nice, nice. No, I, I'm glad that we agreed both on the matches and the production value overall. Mm-hmm. So cool. And yeah, with that, our combined score for this episode is ooh, kind of interesting. It is also a 2.9 the same rating as the last week's episode so you know what i didn't see that coming yeah i didn't i'm see- terrible at math i probably <laughs> should have seen it coming but whatever yeah uh, but yeah no, i don't know i thought i thought those fours but then again we did drop a lot of twos yeah 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 so mm, that makes yeah it kind of balanced itself out there so yeah i would i would you know what that makes sense it makes sense yeah i i would still say that maybe last week still is my least favorite episode but, uh, you know, if we are actually basing it off this, it, it does make sense. that Yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's just right below the average. And that's mm-hmm. really where, you know, the the differences happen. Because it's just that those fours are what really keep it up there. And the commentary held on to that one really Yeah, tough. yeah. Like, I think that's why I I gave the entertainment a 3-2. Because the commentators did, like, a really good job selling the, the importance of the show. And that's yep. why I think really helped helped out the episode overall most deaf most deaf nice cool so now we go into next episode and next episode is by far the most important episode in nxt history just because it is the first pearls poll where the where there will actually be an elimination this time Mm -hmm. we've had our first poll but now this time the stakes are a lot higher and we will get our first elimination next week. And on top of that, the main event for next week will be David Otunga versus Justin Gabriel, which is good because I feel like they haven't had a solid rookie versus rookie main event match mm-hmm. in a while. And this will help both guys kind of get over at that point. So, yeah, probably the biggest episode to date. And, yeah, can't wait to find out who's the first one to Get the boot, so to the speak. Stuff's on the line, man. Now we really got some steaks. Yes. No <laughs> more. They're, these steaks are ready to go. They're cooked. No more five weeks from now. <laughs> no more five weeks from now. Crap. <laughs> so We're getting straight to the nitty gritty now, folks. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I can't wait for the next episode. Awesome. So that does it for us. And, yeah, as always, we have our social medias in the air so if you want to follow us we're on instagram facebook and twitter and if you want to actually listen to these podcasts we're also on youtube so if you're more of a youtube kind of person we're also on youtube so feel free to check us out there did you uh have any plugs this week oh i do okay shout out to our truth oh <laughs> 
new single out, Dance Break by Ron Killings. Ah. Yeah, I went there because R Truth is dope, man. I, I was reading up on him today and I forgot that he was the first black NWA champ. Oh, that's right. And he did it twice. That's right. I totally forgot about mm -hmm. that. So before Kofi, we had Ron Killings. Mm -hmm. And then before Ron Killings, we had Ron Simmons in WCW. <laughs> Two Rons. Rons. <laughs> The Ron's out here running stuff, man. I really wish Kofi's real name was Ron. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be dope, man. That's like the secret to being successful in black and wrestling. Your name needs to be Ron. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that is my uh, plug for today is Ron or Ron Truth Killings. <laughs> Killing the game both in the ring and in the music industry. So. Yeah, man. Ron Killing. <laughs> R Truth. <laughs> Our trizzle. Ooh, our treasy in the business. <laughs> yes, that's it. All right. Thanks again for checking us out, and we will see you next week. Take care. Peace. <laughs>